0: glory.
1: Okay, don't stop shouting because we ain't talking about money. Get your Bibles out. We're going to start a new series this morning on the blood of Jesus. And you're going to be a lot happier when you leave than when you came. It's called Because of the Blood. There's a song that a guy wrote that goes to Mark Hankins Church. Because of the blood, I can enter in. And I think we sang it this morning, and um, what a powerful song! So we're going to be talking about the blood of Jesus. So go to Revelation chapter one, verse four. I've been I've been a Christian now for over forty years, pastoring this church almost thirty, and and. I wanna make a confession to you and tell y'all something. I've had times when I've dealt with doubt, I've dealt with unbelief, and I've had to deal with guilt and shame that I didn't measure up. Am I the only one in here? No. no. And you know what, you don't wanna tell someone that when you're going through it because in the end of you, you just become a crybaby. So I went to the Lord and I said, you know something, I know there's an answer in the Word of God to this. There's a, there's a sit you know, when we, when, when we listen to preachers, and, and I'm not, not anti-listen to preachers, but I've been listening to faith and word preachers all of my life, and it seems to me like we're putting a puzzle together. Like, y'all you, you you have seen those puzzles. People put them out on the kitchen table, and there's like a thousand pieces to it. And, and it takes months to figure out what the thing is. And it's just like it takes 10 or 15 years just, or 20 just to figure out what you're doing as a Christian. And you listen to this sermon, you get a little piece, and you put it on there, you get another little piece, and you put it over there. And after years, you start putting this puzzle together. I'm going to show you the whole picture today. I'm going to take all the mystery out of it today. We're going to completely clean all that up. We're going to deal with how to walk on this earth with absolutely no condemnation and no shame. And be able to approach the throne of God. Now, you say you're going to do it? I absolutely, I am fixing to do it. And I'm going to rock your planet right now. I'm going to show you some stuff from the Word of God that literally will change your whole life, starting today. Now, we're going to stay on this for I believe a month at easy a month, maybe longer. Revelation chapter one, verse four. To John to the seven churches which are in Asia, grace to you and peace from him who is and was and who is to come, and from the seven spirits that are before his throne. And from Jesus Christ, the faithful witness, the firstborn from the dead. Now, I don't know whether you guys know this or not, but seated at the right hand of God is a glorified born again man. Let me say it to you another way. There is a man in the Godhead. Now that, that, that a hair lip and a lot of Christians, but he is the son of man. He had to come and become a man. And then while he died on the cross and went down in the region of the damned, he got born again just like you did. You. So I'm not degrading him, I'm lifting you up to show you what happened to you when you got born again. So Jesus has said the firstborn from the dead or from spiritual dead, the ruler of the kings of the earth, who's he referring to when he says the kings of the earth? Us. Do you understand that we are supposed to be deciding what happens on this planet? Do you understand that when he talked in the Bible about a church, uh, the word church is a political term. It's not a religious term. It wasn't a synagogue. It was a church. And, And it was a place where people got together and decided what is going to happen and what is not going to happen. The only people that are allowed to do that are kings. We decree the way it will be. We've decided whether we're going to have a good life or a bad life, whether we're Gonna, our kids are going to go to hell or not, whether our city's going to have immorality or not. And that's why he put a church in the center of the city. And the church is the most powerful institution on the planet where we gather together, hear the word of God, and we can decide what's going to happen in our city. We decided who would be the mayor, we decided who would be city council, we decided the other city council member. We've decided these things. You, have a, you, you and I, he is the king of kings. What king is he the king of? You and I. What does a king do? He decrees the way it will be. We change laws. What do you think about it, church? What do you think about what's happening in America? You don't like it? Change it. We're going to change it. Not just us. But that means the people around us that don't know Jesus, we're going to change that too. We're going to go find them. We're going to get them free from the devil, washed in the blood, sins forgiven, name written in the Lamb's book of life, made the righteousness of God and healed in their bodies. That's our job. So he's talking about you and I here. He said, To the rulers and the kings of the earth who loved us and washed us from our sins in his own blood and made us kings and priests to God and father to him be glory dominion forever and ever. Amen. Go with me to Revelation chapter 12. How did he wash us? Cleaned us up in the blood. Now I'm going to make a statement here and I want y'all to listen to what I'm about to say. Just listen to what I'm going to say. I don't, don't ever forget what I'm fixing to say. Everything God does in the earth is because of blood. God does not move in this earth except by blood covenant. He never has and he never will. That's a heavy statement. That's the reason why you have people going, Well, how come all these people down here in Africa are dying of starvation? Because nobody ever went down there and told them about Jesus and got them washed in the blood. God does not move because you have a need. You can have a need and cry all day and he won't do a thing about it. And the church has found this out. They're starting to find out all of my praying and crying isn't doing a bit of good so how did God deal with mankind when God had a problem with Adam and he came with fig leaves from Victoria's Secret he said you get back over there and you come out in some animal skin he said if you ain't gonna shed blood I ain't talking to you son and he started a blood covenant with Adam in the garden and it went with Cain and Abel because Abel because uh, because Abel brought the, 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 the lamb to God and, and Cain brought the, the vegetables and God said I oh, know you go back with your vegetables and buy me a lamb and he started right there with him and he's been and, and, and everything that God does on the planet, everything is based on blood or he don't talk to you. That's right. But you bring the blood to him and you, he'll talk to you all day long. Amen. Amen. Mm-hmm. Verse 10, I heard a loud voice in heaven. Now salvation and strength in the kingdom of God and the power of his Christ have come. When did the kingdom come? When, I said it did. Now, wait a minute, let's, let's make a differentiation. I didn't say millennial reign. Do you remember when Jesus started preaching and he said, repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand? So when did the kingdom come? When Jesus came to the earth, he started walking, he started preaching the kingdom. So where is the kingdom right now? It's inside of us it's listen it's not around us everywhere except as a born-again Christian you are allowed now I'm gonna say something right now you just hold on to your hats if you don't like what I'm gonna say just hang it on a on a shelf someplace and when you get mature enough you can come back and pick it up you can walk in all of the benefits of the millennial reign right this minute because you, even though the world is waiting for the kingdom to come during the millennial reign where the whole world will look like Disney on steroids, right now the kingdom of God is on the inside of us, and everything around you can look like Disney on steroids if you'll just learn to walk in the kingdom. Amen. That is good preaching. I'm sorry. I just, and we've proven it. And we haven't proven it anywhere near what we're going to. Now, I'm not talking about money for money's sake, but listen to me real quick about money. If if you don't have a lot of money, it's because you're selfish. Poor people are selfish. You're selfish. You can't help nobody. Someone's broke and you can't help them. That's selfish. So I want, I command you in Jesus' name to get rich. I command it so that you can help somebody when they come to you and have a need. You can feed the poor, you can support the gospel, you can give people a ride, you can help people out. You have no idea how nice it is when we see kids in this church and people in this church help send them to camp and give them the money that they need and help with college and scholarships. It's sweet to be able to write a check to $1,000 or to $10,000. I'm gonna tell you something. Lisa and I have written a tithe check. We sold our house. We wrote a tithe check for, I think it was like $20,000. That's, that's a tithe check. And we've got people in this church who've written checks like that. Thank you, Jesus. We're fixing to build a playground for the kids. Well, they're worth it. You need to be. And you say, I wish I had some money. I wish you had some money too. You hang around me, you'll get some. Because I'm going to preach it into you. Amen. Amen. I t- <laughs> We're talking about a school while ago. Yes. Uh, did you know that John Stimberger has a school right now to take young people to Washington and to teach you how to operate in the government of the United States? And you can, he actually has a, I don't know how to do it. I'll find out for ones of you. Wouldn't it be neat if some of the kids in this church became senators and, and, uh, and, rep- and representatives in the state? Wouldn't that be cool? We got kids over here. They're smart enough to do it. Wouldn't that be neat? Brain surgeons coming out of children's church. Why not? You say, you, you think I'm, I'm believing too big? Nah, I ain't got started yet. I ain't even, got, I ain't even begun. Y'all don't want to know what goes on in my little head. I got all kinds of stuff up here. All right, let's, let me finish reading this. I heard a loud voice saying, salvation, strength, and the kingdom of God has come. It has come. It has come. It has come. It has come. And the power of his Christ have come already for the accuser of our brethren who accused them before our God day and night. When Jesus rose from the dead, God threw him out. He is no longer allowed in the throne room of God to talk to God about nothing until the day he throws him into hell. Verse 11, and they, say me, overcame him, the devil, by the blood of the lamb and the word of their testimony and did not love their lives unto death. How many of you understand you're in a fight? If you hadn't, you ain't been saved very long. Everything, you're in a fight. for. Listen, Even though everything belongs to you, even though the kingdom of God belongs to you, health belongs to you, prosperity belongs to you, Satan is not going to lay down and just let you take it without a fight. You're going to have to contend with him, and the only way to deal with that sucker is the blood. When he brings an accusation against your mind, you need to look at him and go, may I remind you that I am washed in the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ and washed from my sins. Now, let me slow down here a minute. Every time I've ever believed God for something, and I mean whether it was sickness, disease, attack on my family, the devil always says, you're not going to get it. I mean, I don't know. Have y'all ever laid in bed and worried all night? I know none of y'all ever have, but I know Tim has. And that's why we're (laughs) preaching this whole sermon just to Tim. Now, how many of y'all later later the devil go, "What what you gonna do, what you gonna do, what you gonna do, what you gonna do? Then he starts bringing up your past. Then he starts bringing up how you didn't do this right and you didn't do that right. And you ain't nothing anyway. I'm gonna tell you, that's his song and dance. And the problem is he's right. Go to, go to Romans chapter 3. Let's fix this mess. Woo! I think I'll just have a revival all by myself. Anybody want to come along? <laughs> all of my life, i am tell you something, I, I read the Bible, dig all the time. But when I finally started getting a hold of this, oh my God, the devil went, uh-oh. We are in a heap of trouble. He has found out about the blood. Now, next Sunday morning, we are got the seniors are gonna come and sing some songs about the blood from hymnals because it's time for us to bring the old back with the new. There are songs we should have never stopped singing in, in church. Nothing but the blood of Jesus. And we're going to let the seniors sing it because they are the only ones that can sing it right. They grew up singing about the blood, singing out of hymnals. So y'all ain't never seen a choir till you've seen a bunch of seniors get on fire for God. And then if the young people are, if they behave themselves, we're going to let them come up with some songs and come up and bless us with them. What do you think about that? Let the young people come up and sing. And y'all can sing it the way y'all want to sing. You can rap it if you want to. I don't care how y'all sing. It. Anyway, we got some stuff coming. We're just going to have fun around this church. If you don't want to have no fun, well, you're in a wrong church. I can recommend some dead churches somewhere around the city somewhere. <laughs> I didn't read this one. I told you Romans, and we'll come back to that in a minute. While y'all are there in Romans, don't leave. I need, I need to... I need to go someplace else. Um, Ephesians chapter two. So why did God do all this? Why, why, why is God even messing with us? Now, I'm, I'm going to read this now. Put this on the screen, Ephesians. Y'all don't have to go there. Look at this. God, who is rich in mercy, because of His great love which He has for us. Now, 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 now go to Ephesians. God has a problem. He does. He has a major problem. And I want to show it to you in the Bible. God is, uh, he's God. He's a holy, righteous, no-nonsense God. He demands perfection. But he loves us. So he has a dilemma. The Bible, no, no. Oh, let me read it to you. Let me show you what he did about it. Romans chapter 3, verse 21. Now the righteousness of God, apart from the law, is revealed, being witnessed by the law and prophets. Even the righteousness of God through faith in Jesus to all and on all who believe, there is no difference. For everybody on the planet has sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. If you don't know that, then you have never been to church. If you Listen, everybody has sinned. There ain't nobody on the planet Better than nobody else. So the next time you say they done me wrong, they are doing the same thing you do. No sense in you getting mad about it. Yeah. Cause they are just like you. They as ugly as you they as mean as you. Or you as mean as them. But we want to go, ah, I didn't mean it. Well, they didn't mean it either. So here's the problem God has. He has a planet full of people who have all sinned, and He is a holy God. What in the world do you do about this mess? Well, He did something about it. Right. Woo! All of sin falls under God. Being justified—we're justified means made righteous, freely by grace through redemption that is in Christ. God who set forth. Now, here's a big word. As a propitiation by his blood through faith. Now, you know what that means? I know this. None of y'all have ever looked it up in a dictionary. Now, I'm going to tell y'all the way y'all read the Bible. You come to a big word and you go, poop, 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 poop. And you roll right (laughs) over top of it. And you have no idea what that word means. And you skipped right over it. And you had to get your chapter in that day to get your brownie point from God and you left and had no idea what propitiation means. Now you're in church today and I'm going to tell you what propitiation means. Propitiation means to reconciliation, restoration to fellowship. It is a meeting place. It's the mercy seat. In other words, it's the place that God will meet with you. All right, now let's read it that way. God sent forth as a mercy seat by his blood through faith to demonstrate his righteousness because his forbearance, he passed over the sins previously committed to demonstrate at the present time his righteousness. He is righteous. That he might be just Holy righteous God And also the justifier Of those who have faith in Jesus Though he is a holy God He not only Is the man that set the Standard he is also The one that said Not only have you sinned and fallen Short of the glory of God Not only have you broken all of my Laws and been cast out of my Presence I have a problem And even though I cannot not tolerate the sight of you I love you so I'm going to come down to the earth myself I'm going to walk the earth myself I'm going to take my blood on that cross I'm going to shed it for you and I'm going to pay for your redemption and then I'm going to get you back because I love you <laughs> <clears throat> so what is a mercy seat it's the it's the altar of God. It was the judgment seat of God, the judgment seat. And when Jesus died and rose from the dead and took his blood to the judgment seat, it became the mercy seat. So that right now, listen to me, if you went out in the streets of Apopka or New York City and you found a man or a woman there that had murdered people, lied, cheat, steal, kill, I mean, good for nothing, sorry, dregs of the earth. And you brought him into church this morning and brought him up here in the front. We could take that man to the mercy seat and get every sin he's ever committed washed away and made brand new like he never did a thing wrong. That's never been preached in this, in this nation. we got people sitting around knowing that they're guilty. And the church has never reached out to them. Listen, listen we don't have to accept your lifestyle. But we can show you how to change it. If you're tired of sin and the wages of it, you just come on in. We'll get you washed in the blood and you'll walk out of church today as though you've never sinned and God treating you as though you were Jesus Christ himself. You remember the blind man on the side of the road? He said, son of David, I go to church. I tithe. I'm a good person. No, that's not what he said. Have mercy. I mean, the moment he said mercy, Jesus stopped in his tracks, turned to him and said, you bring him up here to me. He said, what do you want? Let me tell you something right now. You say, I plead the blood and almighty God will look you right in the face and say, what do you want? What do you want me to do for you? The mercy seat is the place that God will meet you. Okay, go, go, go to go to Exodus twenty-five. I ain't even got started yet. I'm about. To, I'm just kind of warming up. I'm in first gear right now. Yeah, I'm a coming. I'm gonna take you with me. Exodus twenty-five. Look, look at this. Twenty-two and there I will meet with you, and I will speak with you from above the mercy seat between the two cherubim that are on the ark of the testimony about everything which I gave to command you. In other words, there is a place that the God of the universe will meet with you. It's at the mercy seat of God. When you you walk in the throne room and say, I plead the blood, you have an audience with a God Who can do anything and will. Why will he do it for you? The blood not based on you. That's good news. How'd you get saved? I mean, the sorriest day of your life, you walked up and got born again. How'd you do that? You didn't go to church and you certainly didn't tithe. And you certainly didn't deserve it. And that one day you walked up to God and you, pl- and you said in, I believe Jesus is Lord. He died on the cross and rose to the dead. And God accepted you and washed you and made you a new creation based on what Jesus did for you. Yeah. He did all that for you. Do you think that changed just because you've been saved for five years, 10 years, 15? No, it hadn't changed. No, it had never changed. So now we're going to talk about blood covenant. Y'all ready? All right. Go to Genesis chapter 15. Get your shouting clothes on. Have you ever wondered how Abraham got his prayers answered? Well, y'all are excited. (laughs) Genesis chapter 15. We've heard, I've heard all of my life, and, and it's not, it's only partly true. That Abraham prayed for a child and he believed God would do it and God accounted him for righteousness. Well, let me ask you a question. How did Abraham get in on this gig without the blood of Jesus and we had to have the blood? How did he become the only man in all the Bible that came into this without blood? He didn't. He didn't. I'm going to show it to you. Are you all ready? Why did God answer Abraham? Why did God do what he did for Abraham? Yeah, the blood covenant. Chapter 15, one. After these things, the word of the Lord came to Abram in a vision said, do not be afraid, Abram. I am your shield, your exceeding great reward. And Abraham said, Lord God, what will you give me seeing I go childless and the heir of my house is Eleazar of Damascus? And God said, look, you have given me no offspring. Indeed, one born in my house is my heir. And behold, the word of the Lord came and says, this one will not be your heir, but one who will come from your own body will be your heir. And he brought him outside and he said, look toward heaven, count the stars, and if you're able to count them. And he said, so shall your descendants be. And he believed the Lord and he accounted it for righteousness. Verse seven. And he said to him, I am the Lord who brought you out of Ur of the Chaldees to give you this land to inherit it. Look at verse eight. And he said, Lord, how do I know I'll inherit it? Now, I ask you a question. How do you make God do anything? You gonna sue him? You gonna get a lawyer? You gonna call the police? I'm gonna send the police up there and the SWAT team. They're gonna take you out if you don't come and No, why do you, you don't make God do anything. What if God comes and says, I'm going to do this and this and this and he leaves and he never comes back. What are you going to do about it? Nothing. You know, the dilemma that you deal with every day of your life, when you're praying, here's the question. Why should God answer your prayer? Or most people think that your faith is moving God. It is not moving God. It's gonna get quiet here for a minute, but I want you. I, I've listen. If we're going to we're we're gonna get this church to the place where there are no sick people in it. Yes. I mean, we're gonna to have to find somebody to pray for. <laughs> Is anybody sick? Come on, bring somebody sick. We want to pray for somebody today. Ain't none of y'all sick? We're we're gonna get this church to the place where there ain't no broke people here. Amen. Yes. But how are we going to get God to do it? That's a good question because there's a lot of sick people in the room right now and you've never gotten God to do anything. Come on, it's getting quiet in this Baptist church. You just listen to me. How do you make God keep his word? Abram asked God that question. Yeah, you got all right. I got that. But ain't nobody going to make you do nothing. Now look at the response that God gives Abram. And you're about to see something powerful. Look, I want you to listen to me. This, is a, this book is a old blood covenant and a new blood covenant. That's what this book is. This book is a contract between God and a man named Jesus ratified and cut by blood. A blood covenant is a contract that cannot be broken. Hello, guys. That's why this is gonna take me a whole month, if not more, to go over this. We're gonna talk about blood covenants in Africa. We're gonna talk about blood covenants in India. We're gonna talk a blood covenant called a marriage do you know what a marriage is? It's a blood covenant. So let me let me help y'all with this. Let's just stop right here before we talk about Abram. Let's say that I call Crystal today and say, Crystal, I want dinner. Crystal goes, No. I said, How come? She said, Art said no, we're leaving town. And I say, You better. How am I going to make Crystal make me dinner? I'm not. But there is a woman. There's a day that Lisa walked up to me and said, I said, I'm going to be a husband to you. She said, really? You're going to stay with me till death do us part? I said, that's right. You're going to give me children? I said, that's right. you going to give me your credit card? I said, that's right. You're going to buy me a car? I said, that's right. She said, you meet me at the church. <laughs> Are y'all out there? listening to me. This is, this, this, is not, this is not a joke. It's not a joke. I'm going to give you me. You want me? to give you my body? You want me to sleep in your bed with you? You're going to meet me at the church and we're going to bring a preacher in there and we're going to cut a blood covenant because when things start going bad, I want to know when I wake up, you're still in that bed with me. I want to know when the bills are there. you get you the one paying them. I want to know that when there ain't no money and the kids need food, you're going to get off your ha-ha and get a job and you're going to support this family. Do you understand that? And I said, absolutely. Absolutely. And they said, you call us a preacher and we are going to cut a covenant. Yes. Now, when I call up and say, I want dinner, I want dinner. <laughs> are y- y'all understand this? That's a covenant. I know one person will cook me dinner. She knows there is one man, hell or high water will come and get her. She knows there is one man that will love her when she's good, and love her when she's not so good, and love her when she's beautiful, and love her when gravity is taken over. I will love her. Why? We're in covenant. What do you think you did when you got born again? You entered into a blood covenant with a God of the universe. Well, the church has no idea what you have. You have no idea, You, you have access to the throne. Your last name is Christian. Abraham's name was no longer, God's name is I am. And this throws people. They've got so many goofy ways. But he took God's name and put it on the end of Abram. And I am becomes Abraham. And Lisa's name stopped being Leggett and became Morgan. And she should be quite proud of that. (laughs) And when she has a problem, she don't call her daddy. She calls her husband. You understand that? Now, when I have a problem, I call my father. Heavenly father, I have a need. And is he coming? You better believe he's coming. All right, now how do we know this? Okay, I got to get excited all by myself. I'm going to have a revival. Did I say Genesis 15? I got to go back. I I opened up my Bible and I lost my place. And y'all made me do it. No, you didn't really. Okay. Okay. How do I know I'm going to inherit? He said, you bring me a three-year-old heifer, a three-year-old female goat, a three-year-old ram, a turtle dove, and a young pigeon. And he brought them to them and cut them in two. What's he doing? He cut in covenant with him. All right placed them opposite each other, and they did not cut the birds in two, and the vultures came down on the carcasses, which is the devil trying to steal your victory, and you got to beat them off. And Abram drove them away. And when the sun, now look at this, you got to read this. When the sun was going down, a deep sleep fell on Abram, and behold, horror, and great darkness fell on him. Now, most people read that and go, What? All he did was cut a bunch of animals in two and now he's having a deep sleep and God has given him a nightmare. No. Did, is God, God said, I'm gonna show you how you know If you ask me for a son I will give him to you. If you ask me to heal you of cancer I will heal you of cancer. If you ask me to pay your bills I will pay you. If you're a mama and you are barren and can't have children you can have children. If you are, if you've been kicked out of high school and don't have nothing but a, and you ain't even got a GED God will bless you coming in and he will bless you going out and he will make you rich because he will answer your prayers. All right. Are y'all understanding this? We're all All right. How do we know God will do what he said he's going to do? Now he's, he cut a covenant with him. Now go with me to John eight. I'm sorry. It's going to take me just a minute to go from scripture to scripture, but I, I got to do this because if you don't see it, If you don't see it, you're gonna walk out of here today and go, I think that guy's crazy. John 8, 56. He's talking to the Pharisees. I'm gonna read 54. If I honor myself, my honor's nothing. It's my father that honors me of whom you say he is your God. And yet you had known him. If you knew him, you don't know him for you'd be a liar like you. I do know him and I keep his word your father Abraham rejoiced to see my day he saw it and was glad when did Abraham see Jesus when he cut covenant God said I'm gonna cut a covenant with you and Abraham goes out and gets all the animals and stuff he did and then he said hey go to sleep I'm gonna show you when I'm gonna pay my end of this blood covenant and he took him in a sleep and took him to Calvary and showed him Jesus dying on the cross So what was Abraham's faith in? Him having a son? No, his faith was in the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ that he showed him. I'm going to shed my blood on Calvary for you, Abraham. And Abraham's faith was in God. And he realized that he was made righteous by the blood of Jesus. Woo! Woo! He wasn't born again yet. So it says it was accounted to him. It's not accounted to you. You're not a, a, an Old Testament saint. You have, you have, okay, I some, but the church has got this so screwed up. It ain't funny. Yeah. Righteousness is not accounted to you. That's a, that's a, that's a term that they put on the books. What's that? Um, you go to a CPA. What's that? An accounting term. It's accredited to your account. As righteousness is not accredited to you. You've been made righteous. Abraham wasn't made righteous. David wasn't made righteous. Moses wasn't made righteous. All of it was accounted to them because of what Jesus was going to do. You and I are looking back on Calvary. We don't have it accounted to us. We are. We are the righteousness of God. Jesus said the least person in the kingdom is greater than any Old Testament saint that ever lived on the planet. You're greater than David. You're greater than Moses. You have been washed in the blood, born again, filled with the Holy Ghost, and the devil has lied to you, told you you ain't no big deal. It's a lie from hell. You are, you are queens, princesses. Man, no, I mean, when you start, I mean, you should walk like it. You should dress like it. You should dream like it. Don't apologize. When God does something for you, don't apologize for it. I had a hard time when I first got born again. And God started giving me nice stuff. And people started criticizing. What's your motive? What's your motive? What's your... None of your business. My daddy gave it to me. And I'll drive a nice truck if I want to. And I'll wear nice clothes if I want to. And I'll go to a vacation if I want to. And it's none of your business. Do you understand me? I didn't get it from you or your tithe. Hallelujah. I got it from my daddy. If you want some money, get out from under the curse. Do you understand that every sinner on the earth is cursed now? They're already damned. They're damned. And you, th- you think I'm lying? Listen to them talk. Damn, you did. Damn, that. Damn, that. Damn, that. Damn, 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 damn. Everything. Damn, damn, damn. Well, it's coming out of the abundance of their heart. Yes. Stealing money from the government ain't going to make you not damned. You're still damned. You want to come out of damnation, get born again, give your heart to Jesus, get redeemed from the curse of the law, get Abraham's blessings on top of you, become a joint heir, and let the heavenly Father pour out his spirit on you because of the blood, and now you ain't damned no more. You can be happy, and then you can have someone trying to take your money and king. not <laughs> All right, sorry, I got a little excited. Anyway, the Jews said, you're not even 50 years old. Have you seen Abraham? Most assuredly, I say to you before Abraham was, I, I am. am. Woo, that hair-lipped him. I mean, you want to make somebody mad? Look at him and say, as he is, so am I in the earth. Now, the, Now, the church world has no idea what you just said. You realize you've been made one? with God, you and Jesus are one. Oh, if you're not, you're not saved. You're born again, you've been made one as he is. Listen, he gave you his righteousness. That's you right now. Now, you know why it don't work for you? Because you've been playing and not studying. If I see Donald Trump's son standing in a soup line something's wrong with his brain. If I see you in a soup line, something's wrong with yours. Don't get mad at me. Because the son of God trumps Trump. As a matter of fact, he'd be honored to meet me and you. But then he got born again too. Now he might have been a racist heathen, but he ain't a racist heathen now because Paula White led him to the Lord and you, whether you like him or not, he's family. Get over it. We had to accept you. (laughs) I don't know whether y'all know this or not, but we're gonna be together a long time. If y'all don't get it here, you're going to be in my class in heaven. So y'all might as well get it now. That's right. I'm going to say something profound to y'all. I love y'all. Love you, too. You, you have no idea. You guys are as much family to me as my wife and my kids. I mean, I love seeing you. I love being around you. When I hear you're going through stuff, I pray for you. I'm telling you, it's a family. It's a big deal to be a part of a church. This is the place where you are going to get unconditional love. Now, we might tell you we don't like the way you look sometimes, but we still love you. And we might, somebody might spank you every once in a while and say, we will take you to the woodshed, baby. Okay, okay. That's the truth. That the truth, and you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you mad. That's my <laughs> personal scripture. All right. All right, Matthew 27, 45. I'm going to show you this one more. Just put it on there. And from the sixth hour to the ninth, When Jesus died on the cross, darkness was over the land. Whole earth went black, whole earth, whole earth went slap black. Boy, to see that day. The the movies have never done it. When he died, the, the sun refused to shine. People sitting in black dark. That's why it says, "Had must have been the son of God." I mean, the earth and the whole earth shook. There was an earthquake. Over the whole earth shook. God Almighty had become sin. God, the greatest, the greatest force that's ever been in the earth. Is when God raised Jesus from the dead. Because He didn't just raise Jesus from the dead, He raised every man that had ever sinned from the dead. That was the greatest display of power, and He raised you from the dead. You're greater than making the earth and creating the universe. And that power is in me. And is in you. <laughs> all right, all right, okay. Exodus chapter 2. Now, you know what I'm going to do one day, and I hope you do not mind. I'm going to do it whether you mind or not, but I'm just going to do it. But I got to tell you, I'm going to do it so that you'll know when I do it what I did. I'm going to take that clock off that dead gum wall. Yes, do it. Because you can't have church. And God wants to do something, and y'all are back there going, I'm hungry. So here, I'm on, listen, just listen to me. And I'm going to be nice to you, please. I'm going to be, if you got to go to work, just leave. If you are going to pretend like you got to go to work, you leave too. And nobody going to say nothing to you. You understand? I will never say nothing to you. But don't you ever stop God because the clock strikes 12. I'm going to give y'all a little help here. Why don't you just wait? until the Baptists are gone anyway. And I'm not picking on the Baptists, I'm not, there's Baptists in this church, well, they're not really Baptists. If they're in this church, they're Bapticostals, they're really tainted Baptists. And I'm talking about Lynn over there, she knows what I'm talking about. When the clock strikes 12, the Baptists think they're Cinderella, they run out of the building. I mean, you can go down there to Panera Bread and I mean, at five after they line up and we go, hey, how's the Baptist church today? They go find us. How'd you know us bad? I said, well, it's (laughs) 1205. Now, I ain't never seen them because we always get y'all out late anyway. That's a favor to y'all. That just killed five minutes of time anyways. All right, look at this. Exodus chapter two. God does everything by blood, doesn't he? he It happened in the process of time, the king of Egypt died and the children of Israel groaned because of the bondage. And they cried out and their cry came to God because of their bondage. And God heard their groanings and God remembered what? His covenant. Now I'm gonna say something to y'all and we're gonna get serious here for a minute. The Jews were no better people than the Egyptians. And we're not a better people. They just had a covenant. The people, us in this church right now, we're not better than the people in the world. We just have a covenant. That's what separates us. That's why we don't look down our noses on sinners. We say, no, we don't agree with you. You need to come out of that but we're not better than you. We're just washed in the blood. So why did God come and get them out? Covenant. God says, I made a covenant with Abraham. I'm heading down to Egypt to get them out. Now, you need to remember this because the next time you have a prayer request, he ain't coming to talk to you because you have a problem. You can have a problem all day long. Your problem ain't moving God. God, I got a problem. He goes, mm-hmm, I've seen that. And you say, Heavenly Father, have I come to you today and reminded you that because of Jesus, he said, come on in, I'm gonna meet you. This is where I will meet you at the mercy seat. I'll meet, you talk blood, come on. Now now you're gonna notice something. When we start singing songs on the blood, God's gonna come in this church. He's gonna show up, people gonna start getting healed. God's gonna start doing things in here You don't miss the worship service while we're singing on the blood. That's not just a, we're not just doing cute, cute song. That's not cute. We're calling God. Hey, hey, we would like to have a meeting with you. We will meet you at the blood. Hey, ladies, sing about the blood. God, enter. We got situations and we need answers. Oh, y'all get, oh, come on. God heard their groaning and remembered his covenant with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and he went down and got them out. Okay, let's look at another one because I know y'all are thinking, well, that's yet one scripture. Go to Exodus 12. Now, I'm gonna say something right here. Woo! Exodus twelve five. The lamb, I want you to get a lamb without blemish or male the first year. These people are coming out. God's fixing to take them in the desert, but he needs to do what with them first? He's gonna cut a covenant with them. Do you understand what I just said? The power of what I just said. If you went down to Africa right now and you walked in a village where there was no water, no food and everybody dying, you get in there with a communion cup and you come back in a year, there'll be a town there. go into all the world and preach the gospel, not go into all the world and, and start medical clinics. Right. Now, I'm not against medical clinics, but you don't need a medical clinic if you give them God. Amen. He can do medicine way better than your doctor. As a matter of fact, your doctor needs to take communion. Yes. Don't go to the doctor without taking communion. <laughs> <laughs> Woo! Okay. I, I, I know, I'm, I know I'm, I'm getting all over some of y'all's religion, but that's all right. Verse, <laughs> verse 12. Okay, verse 11. And thus you'll eat it with your belt on your waist, your sandals on your feet, and your staff in your hand. You'll eat it in haste. This is the Lord's Passover. I'm going to pass through the land of Egypt on that night, and I'm going to strike every firstborn in the land of Egypt, man and beast. Now, that, is that the devil? No, it's not the devil. Listen to me. I'm going to say something to y'all. God is still, a, he is still judge. He's still still a righteous God. So if you're sitting right here and you are not washed in the blood, you're damned. And when the angel comes to get you and you die, they're taking you to hell. He's still an awesome God. He ain't playing a game with us. And the world, we we, we have, when's the last time you heard a sermon on hell? You don't hear sermons on hell. People quit tithing, you preach on hell. They quit coming to church, you preach on hell. Let me tell you something. You better learn about hell. But if you washed in the blood, not because you're a good person and you're pretty. There is therefore now no damnation to those that are in Christ Jesus. I mean, the moment that you said Jesus is Lord, what do you think happened to Paul on the road to Damascus? I'm gonna say something else. I'm gonna mess up your religion. Paul was killing Christians. Jesus came to kill him. And didn't come to make an apostle out of him. He came to kill him. He's in blood covenant with these guys and he's killing people. And on the road he said, Lord! Yeah. And God went, stop. His hands took him off of him the minute he got under the blood. Amen. All the judgment on him, bam, stopped. Hallelujah. He said, well, Amen. let me tell you something little buddy. You killed the last man I had to be an apostle, and I'm gonna put his his yoke on you, and you're I'm gonna show you what you're gonna do for me. He said, Yes, Lord. He said, now you get on down the road right there. I'm gonna send someone down there gonna pray for you and get your eyeballs opened up, get you filled with the Holy Ghost. And he called himself a love slave. But Jesus was coming to kill him. Come on. Boy, y'all, y'all just. You guys need to get a revelation of the fact that God is an awesome God. He ain't playing no game. But when he sees the blood. Now, after today, and I may have told you this earlier. I've asked Robert to start bringing. We're going to have communion elements up here. Every Sunday for the next month. I'm not going to serve communion to you. But if any time during the end of the service, you want to take communion with your family, get up, walk up here. You take communion with yourself, with your family. You get under the blood and you walk out of here and you tell the devil where to go. I'm preaching way better than you. Thank you, sweetheart. All right. I'm going to pass through the land of Egypt on that night. I'm going to strike the firstborn of the land, both man and beast, and against the gods of Egypt. I'm going to execute judgment. You do not want to be around here during the tribulation period. You do not want to be on this planet. And now the blood will be a sign for you on the houses. And when you see the blood on that person, you pass over them. Now, here's the thing with you and I. Does the devil have a right over you now? Absolutely not. Let's talk about health. Sickness is from hell. God has never used sickness one time in your life and you can't find one scripture in this book that said God uses sickness to teach you anything. It's a lie. Sickness is a, how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and power, who went around doing good and healing everybody oppressed by the devil. If you're being oppressed by the devil, it's either because you you just love sin or you don't know about the blood. But the moment, see, communion element is a time for you to come to God and say, "The devil has no right to put this on my body. Hey, you have no right over me. I'm washed in the blood." and you stand against him. I love Rosa Parks. One day, one day, I can't wait to meet that woman. She's about a gutsy little thing. Black woman. You know, that they didn't win the war the day she decided not to ride on the back of that bus. She already had rights. She got on the bus, someone told her to get up and give her seat to a white person, and she said no. That's not rebellion. That was faith. I got a right to this seat like anybody else. Why do you think the Bible says fight? The good fight of faith. Who are you fighting? Who you fight? You gonna fight? So they put her in jail. She said, You call my lawyer. If the devil puts you in jail, you say, I'm going to call in my lawyer. Hallelujah. I got a paraquitos in heaven. And he's fixing, to, he's fixing to get a hold. Nah, you ain't putting this mess on me. I got rights. I have a blood covenant. Uh, listen, Rosa Parks had a right to ride anywhere she wanted to ride. And boy, I'm going to tell you something the, the, the South got rid of colored bathrooms because they were illegal. It had been on the books for years until somebody said, I think about it all this mess I want and I ain't putting up with it no more. And when you get that gutsy, when you decide you're gonna get that gutsy, you're gonna walk away from all the mess that's on your life. You have a God-given right to victory in this earth. I came that you'd have life and have it abundantly. It's not God stopping it. They overcame him, the devil, by the blood and the word of our testimony. And they overcame, we overcome him. There's last days we're coming into, don't you even be afraid of nothing that's gonna happen. Baby, you, the righteousness of God, you're kings and priests. There was light in Goshen. There'll be light in your house. There will be food in your cupboards and there will be health and healing and we don't really care what's going on in the rest of the world. Amen. Okay, all right, I'm just now getting started. Go to Hebrews 9. I'm gonna quote one more story to you. What do you think happened when David killed Goliath? Now, what did he say to this big ogre? He said you might be a warrior from your youth. You might be 11 feet tall, but you are uncircumcised. You have no covenant with God, yes, and I'm gonna kill you. Yes, sir. Woo, i tell you what. I've had some problems in my life that looked as big as Goliath and looked down on me and said, I'm gonna kill you, boy. And I got one little scripture. And put it in my sling and said, no, you ain't, devil. What do you think that story's in there for? Because David understood he had a covenant with God. And he slung that little rock, little old, one scripture. Put one scripture in his sling. How do you sling it? With your mouth. Yeah, baby when the when the devil started talking to david david started talking to the devil yeah. i'm gonna okay. kill you he said no i don't think so and he ran at him quit running from the devil run at him like mark hankin said don't ever run at the devil with your mouth shut yeah. we overcome by the blood, by the blood and yeah. and and, the and, the word, the word, the word, the word says, the word says, the word says. Okay. I know, I done preached myself happy and I preached it twice. Talking about double dose, double anointing. Now that clock says 12, but don't y'all even look at it. Don't care about no, no clock. Hebrews 9, 11. But Christ came as a high priest of the good things to come with a greater and more perfect tabernacle not made with hands, that is not of this creation, not with the blood of goats and calves, but his own blood. He entered the most holy place once and for all and obtained an eternal redemption. How long? How long is this covenant gonna last? Forever, baby. Forever and forever and forever and forever and forever. And when we get there, it's forever. That's some blood, baby. Woo! Y'all don't have to wait till you die to get excited. You can get all excited you want to this side of heaven. Because they're all up there watching y'all going, what are they excited about? He's preaching on the blood. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Who was it Kenneth Copeland said that um, uh, um, Gloria's brother little, brother, little brother, spoke to a woman who had, was she died or just? No, he died. No, I know, but the lady that talked to him in heaven. Yes,
0: she died, but Jesus sent her back.
1: But Jesus sent her back. But her little brother came up and said, we're, we're all preparing the marriage supper yes. now. Everybody Come on. Come on. Soon and very soon, we are going, I wish I could sing, I'm going to tell you, see the King, Woo! we are going to see the King, come on Andre, preach it, Hallelujah, Hallelujah. We're going to see the King. Say this I plead the blood over my family. I plead the blood over my body. I plead the blood over my children. In Jesus' name, I plead the blood over my checkbook. Hey, devil, get off of my stuff. In Jesus' name, hey. All right, I got one more scripture and I gotta turn y'all loose on the city. I think y'all are going to become Pentecostals one day. If you're a visitor here today, we understand this ain't your church. It could be. It should be. I mean, you, do you guys understand? That? I'm, I'm going to tell a story. When I, got, when I got born again, and I'm not gonna go into that depth because y'all heard it so many times. I mean, I, I ran around with the outlaw gang, guys. I ran around with bikers. I got kicked out of a city. You know, they don't kick nice people out of cities. I was one hell raising son of a gun. And they told me, if you ever come back through, we'll, you'll, never, you'll never leave again. In other words, they had a lot of people there that committed suicide by shooting themselves in the back of the head two or three times. They are bad cities. <laughs> When I got born again, and I walked that altar that day and got born again, and God, God started treating me like I had never sinned. I had a, I could not handle that much love. I, I thought, oh my God, He's gonna He's gonna leave me. I mean, everybody else leaves me. I ha, I, could, I had a hard time with that much love. So one day I'm at Rama, Bob Yandian's preaching on redemption, and I got it. I learned. What happened to me? And I got it. I got the revelation of it. And I'm in church on Sunday morning, Buddy Harrison Church. And this, they didn't dance in the Holy Ghost in this church. But I, I I'm sitting right there, where oh, I'm sitting there on a Sunday, and they're leading and I'm, I'm having a Holy Ghost fit inside. I mean, I'm, I'm like, I am redeemed. I'm forgiven. I mean, I'm washing the blood. I mean, God ain't mad at me. I cannot sit in that seat. And I got out and I got out in the aisle and, and I told God, I said, I feel like dancing. And he said, dance. This is during a church. It had nothing to do with what Buddy's preaching. What Buddy? I don't know what Buddy's preaching. I'm still thinking about what Bobby Andian preached the two days before at Rhema. I mean, I'm lit up like a neon sign with this. And I got out and I cut a rug and Patsy Harrison had to stop the whole church service to explain what, what just happened. You can't, if you sit in a church quiet. You need a revelation of what happened to you. you. You finally find out that who you are and what belongs to you, you won't sit long. You're gonna have, so I had a shout in my heart. Well, then you might wanna let it
0: out. <laughs> <That's
1: right. laughs> Ain't no sense in bottling it up down in there. Maybe you're about to blow up. Let her go. Yeah,
0: yeah.
1: <laughs> Amen. That's right. Well, what are people gonna think? Who cares when you pay my bills, I'll worry about what you think. And they already pegged you anyway, when you came in, your name is out. You one of them. All right. I still hadn't read Hebrews nine. Okay. Verse 13. If the blood of bulls and goats and the, and the ashes of a heifer, sanctifies for the pure in the flesh, how much more shall the blood of Christ, who through the eternal spirit offers himself without spot to God, cleanse your conscience from dead works to serve the living God. Now, I'm going to tell you what's going to happen in the next three weeks in this church. You're going to get over a sin consciousness. You're going to get over praying, oh God, I missed it, oh God, that'll all stop. That sin consciousness is how Satan's keeping you down because he's constantly reminding you. How are you to plead? The blood. Sin consciousness means that you still don't have a revelation of what Jesus did. And I'm gonna tell you something, it's not easy. If you're an old line Pentecostal, this will be hard for you because you've heard legalism all your life. Now, I'm not saying we shouldn't live right. God does not answer your prayers because you're good or bad. He answers every prayer because of Jesus. And when you know I can walk in the throne room right now and get an audience with God based on nothing but the blood of Jesus, you will do it. Your healing is based on the blood, not you. Your future is based on the blood, not you. You have no idea the weapon that is to the devil, devil. You have kicked me your last time. You will never kick me down again. College. Let me finish. I gotta. Go. For this reason, he is the mediator. He's a. He's a glorified man. In heaven, sitting between you and God, the mediator of a new covenant by means of his death for the redemption of the transgression under the first covenant. That those who are called may receive the promise of eternal inheritance. Now, i want to read a couple more scriptures and y'all don't need to go. According to the law, all things are purified with blood. Without the shedding of blood, there is no removal of sin. For by one offering, he perfected, perfected. Forever those who are being sanctified. Who? You. Are you perfect? Yes. yes. You're a spirit. You're perfect. Yes. That's what God sees perfect. When He looks at you, He sees your spirit. And you're perfect. It's powerful. That is powerful. By one offering, he perfected forever those who were being sanctified. The Holy Spirit witnesses, as he had, this is the covenant that I'm going to make with them after those days. I'm going to put my laws in their heart and their minds, I'll write them. Their sins, their lawless deeds, I will remember them no more. Therefore, having boldness to enter the holiest by the blood of Jesus. What sin does he, th- is, when he looks at you, what's he seeing? He sees nothing but the blood. That <laughs> is incredible. Does this help? Yes. This this took me a year to get this in my soul. Because I'm a very strong person. I believe in living right. But no matter how well I have attempted to do, I've never measured up. I've tried to be the best pastor, but I don't measure up. I've tried to be the best Christian, and I don't measure up. I've tried to walk in love, and I don't measure up. What happens is your soul starts getting in condemnation. And then one day you open up your Bible and you go, Father, forgive me. I got in this thing by the blood. I'm trying to approach you and being a good person. I'm trying to live right. But forgive me for that. From this day forward, it's because of the blood. <laughs> in God, awesome. Amen. And the great love. He loves us. He made a way for us to fellowship with Him, though not yet perfect in the natural, with no condemnation. Heavenly Father, what an awesome day this is. As I sit here as the pastor of this church, I'm looking out over people that are beautiful to you. They're your sons and they're your daughters people you died for, shed your blood for that you love I've done everything in my human power and my voice to convey the truth that they must get a revelation of now and I'll do the best I can in the days ahead to talk about this I pray if anybody walked in here today that is not born again that they would be today, they would walk up and receive Jesus as the Lord of their life and come out from under condemnation all of it If they're in here today and they're not in fellowship with you, that they understand that they're one prayer away from having every sin washed away. If they came in here today sick in their body, they realize they don't have to put up with that anymore. If they came in here under condemnation, I pray they go home full of joy, knowing that the blood of Jesus has made them right. Satan, you're a liar. I command you to stop every maneuver against the people of this church. You're not ripping them off. You're not robbing them. You're not tearing their homes up anymore. We're putting you on notice that your days of of wrecking lives are over. We plead the blood of Jesus over this church. You have no rights here. You have no right to kill anybody in this church with cancer. Not again, not ever again. You have no right to tear up families and homes ever again in Jesus' name. You're not going to do it. We're not going to tolerate it in this church anymore. We know who our enemy is, and we now know how to overcome you. So we have one thing to say to you, the blood of Jesus. And if you want to talk about it, let's talk about your future, devil. Let's talk about yours. Now, Father, God, thank you for this morning for the revelation of the blood. I pray everybody leaves today, and this sermon today gets engrafted on their heart. So the devil's there's no more, no more robbing them of victory in this life. And I give you praise and honor for it in Jesus' name. Honey bear,
0: take this away. Amen. Praise the Lord. The blood of Jesus, amen, attained an eternal redemption for us forever. Amen. I'll go off of what he said in his prayer. Just hang tight with me for a minute. You are one prayer away. One prayer away from having your sins washed away. If that's you this morning and you can't say, I just can't join in on this all this victory stuff, that may be because you're not born again or you just don't know who you are in Christ. But if you have never called on the name of the Lord, today is the day of salvation. I don't want you to leave this morning without doing that. So as my ministry and altar workers come forward, Romans 16, 31, Acts 16, 31 says, whosoever shall call on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Just one simple prayer away. But it's a huge Humbling, obedient act of your heart. This is Jesus. I want you to be my Lord. I want you to be my master. He gave his all for you. And he's just asking for you. Amen. He's just asking for you. He he wants you to be family, but he can't make you. If I made a cake, well, I probably wouldn't make a cake for you. But if I made a big ice cream sundae for you, because I like ice cream, and it's got your name on it, if you don't take it from me, you didn't receive it. But it's got your name on it. It's for you. It's waiting for you. It's just sitting out here in my hand. But you have to receive it. So this morning, if you've never received Jesus into your heart and said, Jesus be Lord, today come forward and do that. And if you're here today and you're like, well, I already have Jesus in my heart, blah, blah, blah. Don't say blah, blah, blah. Listen to what I'm saying and think of somebody in your heart and in your life and in your home. And in your sphere of influence and say the same things that I'm saying so you can take that to them and go, you're just one prayer away from having your sins washed away. You go out. Take what I'm saying. Listen to what I'm saying every Sunday morning. Oh, here she comes. It's five minutes. No, don't do that. And and don't even get up and go to the bathroom. Just just give God the honor and respect that if someone wants to come forward and give their heart to Jesus, you have been a part. You get the same uh, uh, you get the same account and credit for every person that gets saved in this church is on your account because you're supporting this church and you, you are supporting the message and you're here allowing the spirit of God to move. Amen. So if you're here this morning, and you want prayer for any reason, come up. And if you're here this morning and you know somebody needs to come up, you bring them up. Don't have them come out by themselves. You walk up with them but they want to pray with you this morning over anything. The Bible says that if any two shall agree on earth, is touching anything they ask, it shall be done. Get someone to get in agreement with you. So we're going to take this time for you to come forward. We're just going to ask you all that are not going to come forward just to leave quietly, and then when it get out the doors, you can start. Thank you for listening to this powerful message by Pastor Daryl Morgan. We hope it blesses you. If you would like more info on Word of Life, sermons, and free downloads, please go to wordoflifeapopka.com. Thank you and have a blessed day.